0: Like many of you, we've had depression during life's ups and downs.
1: Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow
0: us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music,
1: interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast. I am your professional Handicapped host James Cox. And no, I am still not the voice of Scooter from the Muppets. (laughs) Your turn.
1: (laughs) And I am commonly referred to as the loudest guy in the room, but only when I'm playing the drums. Your endless source of useless music knowledge. My name is Blake Mosley, a.k.a. Brosley. James, how you doing, man?
0: Pretty good. How about you?
1: Wonderful. Kicking off the weekend right uh, at the time of this recording. Um we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the spider in the room.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking around where 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 Oh,
2: there's spider in the room. Yeah. Man. yeah.
1: Spoiler free, spoiler free review of Venom to let there be carnage go.
0: I okay, so I went with my friend uh Cody and Megan um they had nothing to do. They're like, "Hey, man, want to go?" I'm like, "Sure." I got nothing to do. So, yeah, I am so sad that I wasted like ten bucks of my of my money. Oh, yeah. It was so just you didn't horrible. like. It. No, cause okay. So Woody Harrelson is a great comic relief actor, yeah. right? I didn't. I, it, this role was just a terrible role for him, you know, because during the whole film he didn't he didn't come off as funny at all. He came off as like. Comically, uh, terrorizing I guess you know it's it's like it's like a it's like a funny sad. It's like a sad funny. <laughs> yeah. you're trying real hard, but you can't do it. You know, right? Um, and it doesn't even explain how how uh carnage came came to be really. Yeah. Um, except if you know, I mean, if you watch the film, um, I I guess that's that's how I, I don't know. I just didn't really like it, you know. For i um, you know.
1: Yeah. I don't know okay well i i like the movie okay. i think it was really short i hate how short it was it was only an hour and a half long right like that's, that's absurdly short yeah. <laughs> for a superhero movie especially compared to you know Endgame and uh the eternals is supposed to be over two and a half hours long and all these other movies are really really long and it feels like you know there's it it almost feels like sometimes with these long movies, you feel like there's too much of a story going on. Like you could have broken it up into several different movies, but this was one of those things where it was like, I wish it was just a little bit longer. I wish we had more time to dive into Cletus Cassidy because I mean, what an interesting character. Um, I guess this kind of ties to like spooky Halloween stuff because he's a serial killer. And I think, him as a serial killer and them not really diving into how scary that is in carnage was a little bit like, Oh man, I wish they would have gone into that a little bit more. Even if Woody Harrelson would have, you know, been better at that part. I mean, the guy, did you ever see natural born killers?
0: A long time ago. Yeah.
1: Okay. So he was, I mean, terrifying in that, right. And he's a serial killer in that. So when they first announced that Woody Harrelson was going to be playing carnage, I said, cool, man.
0: I cletus did, cassidy
1: he's a I, serial yeah. killer he's already kind of done that role that'd be good um but it, it was it felt a little rushed in some parts um i was i, I enjoyed the movie i really did um and the post-credit scene yeah. um again well, spoiler free well, i won't ruin it for anybody
0: well let me say something first before you said that i have to, i i totally agree with you it should be a lot, a lot, a lot longer they should have had more time to develop um, Cletus's story and Carnage you know because they could have made yeah. Carnage come in from space you know sort of like a I don't know like a I don't know like a test tube or some sort or something right No, but uh, and they should have told us they should have showed us um more of Cletus's life I think it would be a yeah. lot better movie if they did that you know kind of yeah. build a character you know because cause going in um, I'm like who is this guy and what did he do okay he killed a lot, a lot of people that, but that's all we knew
1: Right. We didn't yeah, know that. It. Very, mean, very short backstory yeah, for
0: horribly short, yeah. So I'm like, okay, well yeah. that's not good yeah. Okay.
1: Now Tom Hardy I thought was great. It's I think great. Tom Hardy yeah. is a great actor. Yeah. Uh I've loved him in anything I've ever seen him in. And he plays Eddie Brock so well. And you know he, he voices Carnage or um Venom. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, so yeah. I, I think that's cool. Uh it shows you how devoted. I think he produced this movie too. Yeah. So he uh He's very hands-on with, with Venom, and I love that. I think that's great. I love when an actor takes their role so seriously and gets so involved, right. um, so that was cool. But yes, post-credit scene, definitely, if you didn't really care for the movie uh, as a whole, then you know, please stick around for that post-credit scene because it is very, very exciting. So that's all I'm going to say. It's okay. just very exciting. Well, um, I,
0: well, the reason we'll why I'm gonna, well, oh, no, no, because I don't want you to spoil it for everybody. So after it's this split. podcast, I'm going to ask you.
1: We'll uh, talk about it after the podcast. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, if you're on the fence yeah. about whether or not you want to go see it, at least go see it for yeah. the uh, post-credit scene, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah. So,
0: well, I yeah, have, well, I haven't seen it. Well, I we haven't done this one in like a while, right? Because uh, I, I think it was last week we did it, right?
1: Yeah, it feels like it's been a little bit.
0: So I am going to um kind of get on you about something, uh, you are now the face of this podcast because you, my friend, have hit 45.1 thousand views on TikTok now.
1: I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening.
0: And, and I don't know either because... Am I all... supposed
1: to get paid?
0: No, well, I mean, we, I mean we can, okay. but yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, we can. But, um...
1: Yeah, when 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 does when does Brosly get paid? Uh, because I mean, uh, I've never had any piece of media that I've ever put out they, been they hit the news uh, that like successful. <laughs> right. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. I just thought it was a funny little clip, and I was just like posting something just because I made a TikTok, and I was like, yeah. for the heck of it, man, I'll put something up well, there. See,
0: I I commented and like, best intro ever, just three words, and that guy's like, like the top rated. Um, comment yeah. on it. it's like
1: yeah. 50, 50, 50 people like
0: that. I'm like, I don't know, what yeah, this. I know, yeah, TikTok's
1: it's a strange it's beast, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I don't know how to follow it up. That's the thing, too, is I don't know how to follow that up. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if I should incorporate more emo songs in uh songs that I play at church. Um, <laughs> maybe I can make that a thing, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but I don't, I uh, don't come, know. Come I guess we'll figure the, it out.
0: Come see the guy that plays. Songs in church, and that's not related to church song. I don't know which yeah. one, you know, but um, it's funny because um, I, I well, oh, okay, I will say this later on this week, we will uh upload a the the John Bush interview that I did mm-hmm. with Mr. John Bush. Yep, and speaking of TikTok, I and I know you saw it because you you liked it, you know, I I I, I did the TikTok thing and that got um as as I got six hundred and eight views. Yeah. Now, and it was just me and him talking. So maybe I should upload a little more. You know, maybe from past uh, shows and people and get people in it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I
1: think that would be cool. That way you can, um, you know, give people a glimpse. If maybe if they just happen to stumble across the the TikTok, right, and uh, you know don't know anything about the show, and you know throw up some interviews that we've done mm-hmm. and links to youtube yeah. and stuff like that and get the word out about the show that's right that's yeah.
0: and i fell in love with johnson much that i went out <laughs> and bought two of his albums that i love this okay. one sound of white noise is his first okay. anthrax um album that he was on
1: i love some white noise
0: that's right we all do okay and then this one is by far my favorite album. Oh yeah,
1: classic. It's mm-hmm. uh,
0: it's we've come for you all. Yep. And I he was gonna do a small tour with um, with with some members of Ed Jackson in, in 2022. We didn't sure. we, we didn't go over there because I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah. So oh uh, good news um, Blake Rosley um, we got some merchandise on sale right now.
1: Oh yeah, look at this look ordered, at this merch that
0: we got. Can you see it? No,
1: like, yeah, uh, I'm wearing i I'm wearing a baseball tee right now. Yeah. That's so, great. That looks cool. So
0: this is the, the shirt. I can't see it, but uh hopefully it's yeah, right there. Boom.
1: It's in view. Yep. It's when view. words fail music speaks podcast. Whoa, look at that. That's so cool. So
0: that's the uh that's the baseball jersey shirt. We have more, right. and more shirts than that. We got solid color shirts. So in any size you want to. Um, mm-hmm. you just follow the link on um, below, and then I ordered two of our different masks. So Some face this masks. Is a, this is another. This is the the, the basic mask.
1: Yeah, that, cool. That I like the color. I like the green.
2: Yeah,
0: I went with green because green shows growth, and I figured you know all podcasts are growing, so. You know, sure. A lot Makes more Yeah, and this is my favorite mask. This is the uh, more more expensive mask okay yeah, but, a little uh, bit more pricey that's okay yeah but um but you you get more of like like a tighter fit with these because with these uh, you can adjust slide up yeah. The, yeah slide up and down and you can fan it out and and yeah uh, i think there yeah there's the there's a logo you can't really see it right now but uh it looks good fanned out you know so
1: yeah and those work better when you have a head and a face like mine um and <laughs> i would i w- those are the types of of face masks that i need to cover this big noggin yeah. um but yeah i think i think those look really cool thank yeah. you for uh for getting those sure, um yeah. and because uh, you guys are gonna in buying some of your own we've got links in this episode down below that you can do yeah. down below i
0: learned we some. need to get david back on because david is such a marketing genius. I've learned that to wear your own stuff to it, you know, because if you don't wear your own stuff, who else is, you know, who else is going to do right. it, you know? So I've learned mm-hmm. from, from Davey, the drummer from Calvary's, and, and a good friend of yours, and mm-hmm. I think he's a good friend of mine, I'm not sure, you know?
1: We're all we're all the we're best all, of friends. We're
0: all homeboys, right? So, That's right. Yeah. So, um, cool. yeah, so what are we talking about today? I mean, being oh, it's, uh, it's the second week of, of uh, this Halloween month
1: yeah um so we're 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 keeping it rolling with our halloween episodes uh for the month of october today we're going to be talking about our favorite costumed bands um so this is this is fun because at first we were like well let's let's talk about bands that wear masks and then it was like well there's one band we're going to talk about that doesn't necessarily wear masks but we need to talk about them so a costume band i think it's a safer like category to kind of put everybody in so um But yeah, I'm excited to do that. Um, Before we do that, would you like to do a This Day in Music, Mr. James Cox?
0: Sure, we can definitely do that, sir.
1: All right, so for This Day in Music, October 11th, let's go all the way back to 1955. Uh, Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash all kicked off an 11-date tour in the southern U.S. states of Abilene, Texas. James, have you ever been to Abilene, Texas?
0: I've heard of Aberdeen, but not Abilene. Abilene. Yeah, and that's, I, I, a, that's I, I, a different one. But that's where not, it all
1: kicked off. For and this I court. have not been there, no. Okay. <laughs> in uh, 1962, you knew they were going to come back up eventually. The Beatles made their first appearance on the UK singles chart with Love Me Do, which peaked at number four on the chart. In 1974, John Denver was at number one on the UK singles chart with Annie Song. The song was a tribute to his wife and was tit- uh, written in 10 minutes um, while she was on a ski lift. Um, you know, Ali Ali actually uh, participated in a John Denver cover album um, really? recorded here in town. Oh, yeah, because
0: yep. with uh, Kevin Jarvis, right?
1: With Kevin Jarvis, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool album. Go check that out. Yeah. Um, in 1980, The Police, I love The Police, uh, scored their second UK number one album with their third studio release, uh, Zenyatta Mandata, which featured "Don't Stand So Close to Me," great song, uh, "Canary in a Coal Mine," and. Dee doo do do doo, dee da da da. <laughs> okay. uh, Always have to read that super slow to make right. sure I said it right. Yeah. Um, in uh, 1990, drummer Dave Grohl played his first gig ever with Nirvana oh, um, when they appeared at the North Shore Surf Club in Olympia. He's got a book coming out. I really want to read.
0: Oh yeah, nice.
1: Have you seen that? Yeah, it looks cool.
0: I am not. Although, uh, I, I, although I am going to order the. Um, the thirtieth edition deluxe of, of, of Nevermind when it comes out. Yeah, year. that'd be cool. Yeah, so hopefully that be-
1: guy doesn't ruin it for us. The baby it now should, he wants to it sue it should,
0: it. should change color yeah. now. You know what? A, what a loser! In
1: nineteen ninety one, Apple Computers settled a lawsuit launched by the Beatles record company, Apple Corporation, <laughs> over a name and logo rights uh, lawsuit. That's pretty wild. I didn't know about that. The computer yeah. company reportedly paid twenty nine million dollars to settle the suit um they're that, not hurting for it though.
0: that's just pennies to them
1: you're yeah, right <laughs> in uh 1995 Tupac Shakur was released from uh Clinton Correctional Prison on 1.4 million dollars uh bail which was posted by Shug Knight uh in return Tupac signed a three album deal with Knight's uh Death Row Records man and that was the start of it all yeah, the beginning of the end I guess um very sad story if you don't know anything about Tupac and Biggie and the whole Suge Knight, Death, death Row thing. Wild and crazy story. Um, in 1997, The Verve uh, started a four-week run at number one on the UK album chart with their third album, Urban Hymns. The band's best-selling release uh, features Bittersweet Symphony. Um, how do you like that song? I'm not crazy about it.
0: It's, it's catchy, but I do love The Verve Pipe better.
1: Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, are they the ones that do um, colors? Was that the verified? Yeah,
0: that's the verb, yeah, that, okay, gotcha. like,
1: yeah. I get them mixed up all the time,
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: do um, um, but yeah, so Bittersweet Symphony and the Drugs Don't Work. It is currently ranked the 15th best selling album in the UK, oddly <laughs> enough. In 1999, Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee was released on $5,000 bail after facing charges related to a riot at a gig in North Carolina in 1997. Hmm. Uh, In 1997, two years prior, uh, Lee allegedly incited the crowd to attack a guard um, and had also poured a drink over his head. Well, that's not very nice, Tommy Lee. Um, And then finally, jump forward a little bit uh, to 2016, uh, Sir Rod Stewart i didn't know this at all sir rod stewart said that he was on cloud nine after being knighted by the duke of cambridge at buckingham palace the singer was honored in the queen's uh birthday honors list in recognition of his services to music and to charity i didn't even know that he had been knighted so he's right up there with elton john
0: and paul mccartney did you know yeah. that? Paul
1: McCartney. All oh, sirs.
0: And apparently... So there you go. And did you know that they can knight anybody that they want to without having to, you know, the whole uh, ceremony with the sword?
1: Well, why have yes. I not been knighted yet?
0: Let's get them on the show and we'll knight us, probably.
1: Okay. Well, so, let's have the queen on, then. So, why don't we?
0: So we'll be Sir Cox and Sir Mosley. How about that? Okay. That that sounds... I'm I good with That just rolls it. out of tongue, right?
1: Sir Cox. <laughs> well cool well you know i think my last name dates back to england anyway so i think that worked out for me too so there you go man but um there you have it this that was uh this day in music for october 11th once again thank you to this day in music for the notes uh that was supplied for this little segment it's always fun to do
0: i think that i I think that the members in the beatles you know what let's just do something every day every
1: day for so the that, next twenty five years, so that
0: James and, and Bruce <laughs> can talk about us on your show every day that they come on, and 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 yep. we love them, you know, we love the Beatles, so why not,
1: you know? Nothing about um Jimi Hendrix that time though, surprisingly, <laughs>
0: right? It might be the
1: first time we've ever done one that didn't have a Jimi Hendrix reference, but we have yeah. yet to do one that didn't have something about the Beatles in there. And every time I read those things and the Beatles come up, I'm like. Should we talk about the Beatles again? And then it's like something significant. And I'm like, mm, mm, yep, I have it. to talk about it. So you right. can't skip right. It. Some of these things I'll read through and I'm like, ah, son, nobody yeah. cares about that. Yeah, anyway. all right. yeah. Yeah, who, yeah. Maybe nobody cares about any of it, but you know what? I have fun learning about this kind of stuff. Right. And how else am I supposed to live up to my, uh, my uh, reputation of having all this useless music knowledge. If I don't further put that into my brain.
0: Yeah. See, It works. It works. Yeah. It works yeah. both of us. Yeah. Since, well, cool, uh,
1: James, dude. Let's let's hop in, man. Let's let's let's, let's get on to so, the costumed bands. Happy Halloween, everybody!
0: Uh, oh, and before we get started, everybody needs to go out and get the uh, the new Mountain Dew mystery uh, mystery can, or something. I'm Ooh. not sure what, uh, but it's called a uh, voodoo.
1: Voodoo, yeah. Voo v o o do d e w. Yes. I like what they did there. Marketing done right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Fancy. and it's a limited. I mean, it's a limited edition 2021.
1: It says. Andy, I've also got a cup here.
0: Is that Jack Skellington?
1: No, this is the poisoned apple from Snow White. Oh, oh. Um, and my coffee's kind of cold now, but when you when you put hot coffee in it, uh, it turns this black part of the skull green.
0: Ooh. Yeah. I, I need. I need to one of those. And, cool man, and, Disney uh, World. And you got it at Disney. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Which great. we'll be going back at the end of the month. Um, so we'll be going back for to celebrate That's... our uh, three year anniversary. Happy anniversary, to my lovely wife, Allie. Yeah,
0: yes, because uh, it was it was the other day, right?
1: Yeah, You're, October sixth yeah, yeah. is our um, is our yeah. anniversary. So we just celebrated Griggs, our three year anniversary, and uh, we'll be going to Disney at the end of the month to celebrate that. So yeah. might have to pick up another spooky mug while we're there.
0: I'm going to have to cash out you some money so I can give me one of them.
1: Dude. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. Got you.
0: Everyone likes going to concerts, right? Because they want the visual experience in addition to what they can and get already at home. With two copies of an album or two, or CDs, Mm -hmm. you know, um, MP3s or whatever. Uh, The range of what to expect at a concert is vast. With some bands uh, opting it To come out with their equipment and a banner and still win over the crowd. Other acts go through a great length of uh, something to conjure a full on spectacle Uh, and wearing a costume, and mask is one of the greatest ways to pull this off. Those who are willing to dismiss bands with masks on as it's just a gimmick, who cares, are looking into the overall artistic direction and vision of the band. Um, so, music is art, right? Um, so, why mm-hmm. would it have to stop at this just At this component? Bands who opt to use costumes and masks are often the biggest um, live draws, which gives credence yeah. uh, to the entertainment factor uh, brought to the stage. Today... As part of our Halloween-themed episodes for this month, we are Ooh,
1: scary. Uh, I'll do some background. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Continue. I love you for that. Uh, So we're aiming to shine a light on which bands who have done this uh, to the greatest effect while still considering each group's musical output. Sure, some bands are out there only rely on masks and costumes to supersede their music. But in this special Halloween episode, How Like a Wolf Please
2: That's okay. more like
1: that's more like that's dogs more like a, at night whenever yeah. they hear like a cat uh, or something. I don't think that's, that's, that's not necessarily a werewolf, uh-huh. but I'll work on it. I'll work on it.
0: There you go. Uh so, in this special Halloween episode, uh we're looking at bands who have a balance to the visual and musical uh, components the best.
1: yeah, it's um it is a hard line uh that you kind of have to toe when it comes to <laughs> your stage presence with your uh your look and your appearance. It's not always about a look. It's not always about uh how great the show was. Music at the core is is what's really important there. But isn't it just so much better when you have a great band who also have something like a certain look that's very distinguishable to that band? Um,
2: Yes.
1: Yes. I'll tell you this. I think for me, it kind of keeps, it kind of keeps the band, not necessarily, I I don't want to say relevant because they're not always relevant. Uh, The changing of times that's going to, that's going to, some bands are just going to fade out or whatever. But it kind of like hold it. It kind of like stops time a little bit with some of these bands because you can't see them age. You know, I mean, I mean, you can look at like pictures of Blink One Eighty Two from twenty years ago and look at Mark Office. Now he's been going through some health uh, issues, which he's cancer free. By the yep, he's cancer free, so that's awesome. Yes. Um. But you know, he you even before they found out he had cancer you could look at him and be like man mark hoppus has aged a good bit in the last 20 years yeah. but when it comes to bands that wear masks or wear makeup or things like that it's almost like it stops time for a little bit right, right. and um and like you it, i don't know it's it's almost like the same band from 20 years ago and it and they are but it's just, like, that that feeling that you had when you first got into them. Like, I remember the first, we'll get to Slipknot later on, but I remember the first time I watched the Slipknot music video and how much it terrified me as a child. But then, like, I got to the point where I liked Slipknot, and then I was all in. And it's like Slipknot has just been the <laughs> same entity for all that time period, right? Right. and. It's cool. It just feels like they haven't aged. I know they have. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly definitely thinks they have because he said they were all 50 year old guys wearing weird masks and then he got booed off stage. And that's but,
0: okay. Uh, okay. They're not all 50, Machine Gun Kelly. They're all yeah, okay, you so, your facts. Tor- Corey Cor- Cor is 47. I looked it up today on Wikipedia, bro.
1: Yeah. He's not even 50 yet. So no. Up yours.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good actor, though.
1: Yeah. Great actor. Great pop punk album i I stand by that but he just puts himself in situations he needs to not put himself in there you go um but yeah so uh for those of you who are watching this on our youtube channel as well we got a you know some cool visuals for you today um it didn't make sense to do a podcast episode where it's audio only and and we're talking about how these bands look without showing you just in case you didn't know who some of these people are um we're going to talk about some that are definitely more popular and there's some out there that's great to go check out uh that wear masks and stuff and I'm sure they'll come up at some point, Um, but these five were just like ones that really stood out and I thought would be cool to talk about. They cover a wide range of genres as well. Great, great. But um, I'm going to share my screen here, and um, so that way those of you who are watching on our YouTube channel, we've got pictures uh, for everybody to see. So um, let me get that pulled up here, and we'll get this blown up, and let's get started. Let's kick it off with our first band here. Uh, we're gonna talk about ghost for a minute um do you remember the first time that you listened to ghost
0: i do and 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 uh I think it was offered the first time i can't remember the name but but my favorite song from it's it's uh its is is majesty
1: okay yeah it's
0: got a good groove to it you know yeah it's a real bopper as you know it's a banger or a bopper.
1: It's a, I think it's a banger, banger. or a bop. bop, but you know you, you what you did is you took both of those things and you put them together and you made it a bopper, and I like that even better than bop or a banger. I'm gonna start saying it was a bopper.
0: Bopper. See, see, <laughs> see ladies and gentlemen, when you come here on when words fail, you'll get learn brand something new, new every day. You'll get brand new language from us. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Um, I love square hammer. Square that's my, great. Favorite, that's yeah. my favorite ghost song. Davey uh, Calabrese is a huge ghost fan as well. Yeah. I think he talked about Ghost a lot um, when we had him on the show. But yeah, um, and, yeah cool, like, and, uh, imagery and stuff.
0: And if you watched it on the YouTube channel, you'll notice he, he, he had a few ghost figures in the background.
1: Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um yes queer hammer though like it it reminds me of the monsters like with that organ that plays in it that i don't know like always reminded me of like the monsters or adam's family or something like that i think that's why i like that song so much so it's fitting for this halloween episode so let's kick it off here um so ghost also formerly known as ghost bc i remember when that was a thing yeah um in the united states is a (laughs) whoa sorry hit my microphone there whoops is a swedish uh swedish rock band that was formed in oh help me uh linkoping in uh 2006 i'm so sorry for anybody that's any fine. of our swedish listeners that's <laughs> it's tuning in um in 2010 they uh, released a three-track demo followed by a seven-inch vinyl entitled elizabeth and later um, their debut full-length album opus eponymous Uh, The song Ritual was chosen by Kerrang! as one of the 50 most evil songs ever. uh, The the Grammys-nominated album, which is basically just the uh, Swedish Grammys, um, was widely praised and significantly increased their popularity. Their second album and major label debut, um, Infestus Samam, Infestus Infestus Samam, Infestimom <laughs> was released in 2013. Uh, it debuted at number one in Sweden and won the Grammys Award for Best Hard Rock Metal Album. The band released their studio album M- Mala- 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 Malaria. Not Malaria Malaria Not Malaria Malaria Malaria, there we go. Uh, in 2015, to much critical acclaim-, acclaim and high record sales, reaching number one in their home country of Sweden and number eight in the United States U.S.A. The lead single, uh, Cerise, I think that's how you say it, Um, that's a good song too, Um, but uh, earned them the 2016 Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance. The band released their fourth um, prequel in uh, 2018. Um, Ghost is easily recognizable, owing greatly uh, to its eccentric onstage uh, onstage presence. The seven uh, seven of the group's eight members, its nameless ghouls, that's all they go by, um, was wear virtual virtually identical face concealing costumes as seen here they've all got the same mask there's no mouth they've all got their little devil horns um and uh, they only go by the nameless schools i don't think anybody really knows who the band members are they're just called nameless school
2: right
1: um but yeah, prior to a 2017 lawsuit filed by former members of the band, lead singer Tobias Forge, the gentleman here in the uh, Pope attire, uh, obscured his identity behind the character Papa Emeritus. The character, which consists of Forge in a prosthetic mask and makeup, can be best described as um, a, quote, demonic anti-Pope. That's Yep, the <laughs> Papa Emeritus character has gone through five incarnations you got one two three nihil and uh four so and
0: i think you did the right? Cardinal, yes, like,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: right yeah
1: right mm-hmm. um from the release of the 2018 album prequel and uh a subsequent world tour forge portrayed a character known as cardinal copia um, who is described, yep, as uh, being unrelated to any of the Papa Emeritus characters, and whose costume uh, consists of either cardinal vestments or a black or white tuxedo, along with uh, alongside a prosthetic mask with black eye makeup and the multicolored eyes, which had been present in each Papa character. He's got crazy, crazy eyes. Look at him eyes; it's crazy. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh, West Borland. And, uh, from Limp Biscuit and how that dude used to um, wear all kind of crazy costumes.
0: And I remember that Mar- Marilyn Manson used to do that when he first debuted. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Marilyn Manson used to do the one eye, yeah. the one white eye, like like he's doing.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, right.
1: Freaked everybody out. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, in March of 2020, at the final show of a Pale Tour named Death, um, Forge once again assumed the mantle of Papa Emeritus. Uh, ghost music has been categorized in many genres critics have classified them as hard rock heavy metal doom metal pop rock progress pop rock uh progressive i find that that's funny progressive <laughs> rock psychedelic rock occult rock i didn't even know that was a thing and arena rock um adrian Begrand of pop matters stated that ghost recalls quote the early sounds of black sabbath true very very true i thought that from the get-go Um, pentagram and uh, judas priest um, as well as the uh, progressive and psychedelic rock of the late 60s Um, speaking to noisy.com a nameless school see that's all they go by a nameless school described the ghost uh, described ghosts as a black metal band in the traditional sense but said that they probably do not fit into the norms of the current black metal scene mainly because black metal now is nothing but like and it's like blast beats and you know guitars or whatever and they're you know they're putting songs out like square hammer and it's got like actual melodies to it so right. yeah i don't i don't think they classify as black metal anyway uh this nameless school uh, described ghost music as a mix between pop music and death metal and you know who'd ever thought we'd live to see the day where pop music and death metal would come together and have this
0: would that music be child would that be Pop metal.
1: I guess it would be pop metal.
0: Popular metal. And, and
1: here's and that's Ghost. So, okay. um, in an interview, uh, a nameless school said that they are influenced by quote everything ranging from classic rock mm-hmm. to the extreme underground metal bands of the 80s uh, to film scores to the grandeur of emotional harmonic music. Um, a member of the band said that Swedish and Scandinavian black metal movement in the early of the early 90s plays a major. Role in their act, and said that each member has come from a metal background. However, the band has stated several times that they do not aim to be a metal band. Uh, for their second album, Ghost chose a more diverse songwriting style. A member said, um, "And they said uh, we tried to deliberately have every song have its own signature. And that's cool. I think that really gets the creative juices flowing. Where you you set out to make a record, and you're like, every song is going to be different. Nothing's going to sound the same." Um, their lyrics are often satanic in nature uh and one ghoul said that quote the first album is about the forthcoming arrival of the devil spoken very much in biblical terms much like the church will say that doomsday is near um infestus infestus some infestus some i'm gonna i should have looked up how to say that before we got started i'm so sorry um, it's about the presence of the devil in the presence of the Antichrist. However, the band has said several times that their image is all tongue in cheek, uh, citing that, quote, we have no militant agenda. We are we are just an entertainment group. Um infestus mom. Um, um, <laughs> sorry, it, the word keeps coming back up and I'm like, geez, I wish I would have gone in there and just been like, t- all right, I said it once and just be done with it. Uh, Anyway, so that album also deals with, quote, how people relate to a deity or God. Themes like submission and superstition, the horrors of being religious. Uh, Additionally, A a Nameless School said that the second album is about how mankind, predominantly men, uh, what they have deemed to be the, the presence of the devil throughout history and even nowadays. And that's why the record is so fueled with sexual themes and females. The Inquisition was basically men accusing women of being the devil just because they had a hard-on for them. I well, think uh, <laughs> the group's theatrics are influenced by Kiss, David Bowie, and Alice Cooper. Uh, but a member said that they are more influenced by um, Pink Floyd. Oddly enough, a nameless school later cited Death SS as an influence on their gimmick but not their music hmm. I got,
0: um I, yeah, so i, I gotta look i gotta I got look up the band i never knew about that band. death
1: ss i've yeah. never heard of them either yeah. um so yeah they're they're one of these bands that doesn't necessarily like they themselves they're not satanic like no. the members are not like members of the satanic church right. it's a gimmick it's it's all part of the show slayers the same way like slayer doesn't worship the devil it's just they use that type of imagery to sell records basically uh slipknot's the same way all these bands you know whatever there's only like a a very very small number of them that actually take this stuff take this stuff very seriously um and uh, so this is all part of that in fact let's get into a little bit of a controversy here that that uh went on here. So, Chicago heavy metal themed restaurant, that sounds cool, um named uh Kuma's Corner added a hamburger called the Ghost to its mm. menu in tribute to the band Ghost. Um its recipe include <laughs> All right, its recipe includes oh. sh- goat shoulder, red wine reduction and a communion wafer. <laughs>
0: That was good. That was really good.
1: (laughs) Um, A local Catholic. It's evil. It's the most evil hamburger you're ever gonna eat. Um, Its recipe includes. uh, Oh, I said that. A local Catholic food food blogger acknowledged that while the unconsecrated wafer is not the.
0: uh, Eucharist.
1: Eucharist. Yeah. Sure. Yep. yep. It's still symbolic, and uh, that it is a mockery of something that is holy. Uh, the restaurant's owner acknowledged the controversy and stated that they respected religion while refusing, this is cool, they respected religion while refusing to remove the burger, citing the First Amendment. Uh, to demonstrate his respect for the opposing views, he donated $1,500 to Catholic charities of the um, Chicago uh, area. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So, like, he wasn't like, I'm going to take it off and screw you because you're you Catholic. He was like, you know what? Like, look, man, I'm not going to take my burger down because like, I like this band. This is the, it goes with the theming of my restaurant, but I tell you what, like let bygones be bygones. By the way, here's 1500 bucks to different Catholic charities. And uh let's just call it a day. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. I thought it was cool.
0: Three things. I got it. I got to Okay. So one thing I will correct, correct, correct you on if you don't mind.
1: Oh, please. It's, it's, I need. I need correction. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. So, their first debut full length album was Opus, um, it, Opus Infamous. Okay. That word confuses my mind. It, yeah, spelled, oh, all these
1: words confuse my mind. The, well, <laughs> well,
0: well, mainly this word because it's it's spelled out e pony miss, but it's but it's pronounced infamous. I think. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Second, black Second. metal. Okay, so black metal gets some bad rap for for all these tagging bands. Um, there's this one band that, that that everybody goes to or towards. You probably know what it is. Um, um, it's it's guitarist It's named infamous. I don't know, but I do respect the the musicianship. You know, because to play that fast, you gotta have a right. like a. You know and and three, Dave Grohl was one of the name of ghouls. I don't know if you knew that, really. That no, in. I didn't know that. And uh, and they won't tell anybody which 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 concert that he was in.
1: Oh man, that's crazy, man. No, yeah. I didn't know that. that. That's, that's really cool.
0: Now, that that's from what I heard. I don't know if that's true, but uh, you know, but, but you read it but, on the internet, yeah, and you know that it's true, you know,
1: probably true, but, then, yeah. That's probably one hundred percent true, <laughs>
0: right? Because yeah, everything else is right. But yeah,
1: everything, yeah, well, Once again, right.
0: if 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 we ever get him on the podcast, Mister Dave Grohl, we we are going to ask him about that.
1: Mister Grohl, get ready, get ready to be asked.
0: That's right. Like you listen to the show.
1: Uh, of course he does. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, geez, <laughs> he probably does.
0: He probably does. Who knows? You yeah. <laughs> know. Okay.
1: All right, James. You want to tell us about our, our uh, next um. Uh, musician here,
0: MF Doom. Dude,
1: not that. No way,
0: yeah, dude. I got it. Okay, so this is a brand new, um, brand new cover because you have his old, old album cover, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to blow blow that back up.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, just, uh, j- j- just hit on the uh, on stop on uh on the shot, stop share screen okay
1: there we, there we go all right we're um, back yeah, yeah show that off man that's so cool i had no idea you you had that
0: i do i um i found this at erics shop it's um yeah scratch and spin i do i i'm like the biggest scratch and spin fan ever oh yeah that that, that guy gets in more 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 rare I stuff accidentally- than ever. You know?
1: call them Scratch and Sniff all the time. I do,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I If I can't think of a name outright, I'm like, this. good Scratch and, and Sniff. Stuff. Yeah, yeah like, the
1: record store in Clement, you know, Scratch and Sniff.
0: And everybody knows, okay, <laughs> well, let's go. I'm like, yeah, cool. So, <laughs> right, so.
1: Well, cool, yeah. You want to get into uh, MF Doom here?
0: <laughs> MF Doom. Um. It's, okay, so, yeah, there he is uh, on, on your screen for anybody who joining us on YouTube.
1: Uh-oh, we're down
0: Okay, so, yep, you got it. Okay, so, Daniel Doomalay, yes. Uh, Dumoulay, yep. Best known for his stage name of M.F. Doom, or simply Doom, was a British-American rapper and record producer. Known for his intricate wordplay, signature metal mask, and supervillain stage persona, Doom became a major fan of underground hip hop, and alternative hip-hop in the 2000s. After his death, uh, Variety described him as one of the scene's most celebrated, unpredictable, and enigmatic figures. Born in London, Doom moved to uh, Long Island, New York at a young age. He began his career in 1988 as a member of KMD, uh, performing as the Zev Love X. That's Z E V Love X. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group disbanded in '93 upon the death of death of member DJ Subrock. Oh, uh, Doom Doom's brother. After oh, I ha-
1: yeah, that's sad. Yeah, uh, Subrock was Doom's brother.
0: Oh, okay. Well, good yeah. you know, Because I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Doom's brother, right? Yeah. After after I after a, a hiatus. Uh Doom reemerged in the late 90s. Uh he began performing at open mic events and while wearing a meta mask, resemble that of a Marvel comic supervillain, Dr. Doom.
1: Hmm, Dr. Doom.
0: Did you always like Dr. Doom or was he not one of your favorites?
1: Oh uh, dude, I love Dr. Doom. I-, I hate every iteration of him that's been in the uh Fantastic Four movies, but oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah. now that uh now the Marvel Studios is back with the the Fantastic Four, and they got a movie in the works. I hope they bring Doctor Doom into it. I think he's one of the best villains of all time.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Stand by that. Okay, so um, so yeah, so so, so, so super villain Doctor Doom, who is depicted on the cover of his nineteen ninety nine debut solo album so cool. Operation Doomsday, which I'm holding Ooh. right here. Here it is. Um, he a doctor. He adopted the MF Doom persona. And rarely made unmasked public appearances thereafter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, after he put on the mask, you never knew what his face looked like.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all you got.
0: Yeah. So, between two, 2003 and 2005, I'm still doing that.
1: Yeah, uh, so we're still doing that.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Doom released four solo albums and three collaborative albums. In addition to the critically incla- acclaimed Mmm, Food in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> under the MF Doom name, he released solo albums, including one under the pseudonym uh, King Ghidorah, uh, and two as Victor Vaughn, which is Victor Von Doom.
1: Yeah, Victor Von Doom.
0: Is that is that uh, mad, v- villainy? Mad, villainy. Okay. Yeah, mad Villainy? Mad Villainy. Yeah, Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy, which came out in 2004. Uh, record produced with re- recorded with producer. Mad Lib, under the name Mad Villain. It's often cited as Doom's magnum opus and is regard, regarded as a landmark album in hip-hop. In 2005, Doom released The Mouse and the Mask with producer Danger Mouse as Danger Doom. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, so like um, way
1: back before anybody knew who Danger Mouse was... Um, yeah.
0: yeah but danger mouse danger. came out in the 30s didn't it do what danger mouse came out in the 30s right or something
1: oh i'm thinking a dead mouse oh. i'm sorry yeah danger yeah no danger like, mouse yeah you're right minute. but i'm thinking danger. i was thinking the dead mouse i was like dude I, I thought that was a cool little fat to throw in there no that's not
0: the same mouse that
1: shows is that i'm just a dumb dumb
0: that's, danger mouse was a little um like a superman mouse
1: yeah that's what we call penny our our little dog our littlest dog we call her Danger,
0: Danger Mouse. Mouse. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, though uh, he lived in the majority of his life in the U- in the United States, Doom never gained American citizenship. In 2010, he was denied re-entry after returning from a international tour for his sixth and final solo album, "Born Like This." In 2009, he re- he relocated to to London, and in his final years. Worked mostly in collaboration with other artists. Doom's lyrics are known for wordplay. He was described as among the most enigmatic figures in hip-hop. Wrote that Doom's uh, raspy baritone uh, weaves an intricate web of allusions drawn from comic books and metaphysics along with seeming Nonsense and and uh, fallacy, fallacy. According to a, a, a obituary in the Ringer, um, his slow his slow was loose and co- and conversational. Co- I, I can't say the word loose and what conversational conversational. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but delivered with technical precision, and his use of rhyme and uh, meter eclipsed that. A big pun. And Eminem.
1: That's big talk too, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, a, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Doom's production work frequently incorporated samples and quotations from film. Um, a review of *Special Herbs*, Volume Five and Six, in *CMJ New Music Monthly* compared Doom beats to soul jazz.
1: Yeah, I get that. I can, def- I can definitely see that, especially Rhymes Like Dimes. Like, that's just such a cool, like, laid-back track. Right. Um, I-, I totally get that. That's, that's a good way to put it. It's yeah. a good way to put it.
0: He created the M of Doom character as Alter Ego with a backstory. Uh, he could reference his back in his music. Uh, the character combines elements of, of, from the Marvel Comics supervillain Dr. Doom, Death Row, and Phantom of the Opera. And this mash does look, look like that. All of yeah. it, you know? Um, uh, like Dr. Doom in Phantom, uh, he referred to himself as the third person while in mm-hmm. character. Doom wore his signature mask while performing and would not be, uh, photographed without it, except for short glimpses and videos in, er- in-, in earlier photos with KMD. Later versions of the mask were based on a prop from the 2000 People Gladiator. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I can see that.
1: That's kind of like what we got going on in this picture here. Right, right.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Hershini Hersh, Hersh, Baha uh, B-H. Hersh,
1: Hersh, Bona Young, I think, okay. is... <laughs> yep.
0: He argued He argued that by uh, um, appro- appropriating the Dr. Demask. He positions himself as enemy uh, not only of the music industry, but also of the dormant, do- dominant constructions of Identify that relegate him as a black man to se- second class citizenship. Yeah. Described as among the most celebrated musicians in hip hop, Doom exerted a strong influence over his artistic peers. A British musician, Tom York, who collaborated with Doom on two occasions, wrote, "He was a massive inspiration to so many of us. Change things for me. The way that he puts words was often shocking in its genius, using stream of consciousness in a way that I've never heard before." Stereo Gum. Rem- reviewing Operation Doomsday on its 20th anniversary, um, noted Doom's formative influence on young rappers, LP of Run The Jewels described him as a writer's writer. Q-Tip called him your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, which is true.
1: That's a good way to put it, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. On December 31st, 2020 of last year, uh doom's wife announced that on social media that he had died on october 31st um, wow yeah so yeah. people
1: didn't even know he had passed uh right. unless you were like really close yeah. for two months he passed away on halloween mm. um and uh but the, i mean
0: but the cause of his death was not announced and i don't know yeah,
1: yeah yeah i don't i still don't i don't think that they have ever really said what happened but yeah he passed away on halloween um and uh you know unfortunately that was that was i had heard of mf doom um he did a lot of things with like adult swim right. um yeah, yeah and uh that's kind of like where i first heard about him but uh i just wasn't very familiar with his music not until after he had passed unfortunately and wizard and the bruiser did an episode on him and uh i really enjoyed listening to it and got into a good bit of his songs after that. And I just thought the mask thing was just so cool. Um, I love that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it, to describe him as your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, I think sums it up pretty well. So,
0: And uh, do you want to get me back on the, on, on the big screen? Cause I got Absolutely. something to show to people. Okay. All right. So on this, um, th- this is a reissue of, um, of Operation Insane, but, but mm-hmm. in the corner, it, it it'll show you the original album cover. And the yeah. album cover now. Okay. So this is the reissue. I cannot find the original cover. Mm. Um, but our boy Doc Brass, which does the our theme song, he's in love totally with Emma Doom, and he has like all of the, all of the albums. So, yeah. I, so I can't wait to to get him back on the show so you can meet him and we can talk about more of this. Yeah.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: Awesome le- legacy that this um gentleman left behind.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent all right well let's move on here i'm gonna share my screen yet again because now we're gonna get into a really really fun uh punk ska band i guess all right it's cool so uh let's talk about the aquabats they're a lot more uh fun and a little bit more uplifting i think than what we've talked about before
2: um but uh
1: yeah the aquabats what a fun what a fun bunch so the aquabats are an American rock band formed in Huntington Beach, California, in 1994. Throughout many fluctuations in the group's lineup, singer the MC Bat Commander and bassist Crash McLarson have remained the band's two constant uh, fixtures. Since 2006, the Aquabats members also include keyboardist Jimmy the Robot, drummer Ricky Fitness, and guitarist Eagle Bones Falcon Hawk. Um, (laughs) Easily identifying by their masks and uh, matching costumes, Aquabats um, are perhaps the most recognized um, for their uh, most recognized for their comedic persona in which they claim to be crime fighting superheroes. Uh, this theme serves as a subject for much of the band's music and as part of their theatrical stage uh, stage shows, which typically feature various stunts and uh, fight scenes with costume villains and monsters. I've never seen the Aquabats live, but good Lord, if that's what it consists of, I've got to see them soon. Um, mm-hmm. Musically. The Aquabats have continuously evolved over the course of their career, starting as as an eight-member ska band before reinventing themselves in the early 2000s as a New Wave-influenced rock quintet. Uh, The band's current musical style mixes rock and punk with elements of New Wave, ska, and synth pop. The Aquabats have released six studio albums and uh, two EPs, one compilation, and one soundtrack album, among other recordings. To date, the uh, three of the Aquabats albums have charted on the Billboard's 200. 1997's *The Fury of the Aquabats*, 2011's *High Five Soup*, and 2019's *The Aquabats Super Show Television Soundtrack Volume One*. The Aquabats' sixth studio album, *Kooky Spooky in Stereo*, was released on August 21st uh, of 2020. And then, from 2012 to 2014, the Aquabats have created and starred in the Aquabats Super Show, a live-action musical action comedy series uh, which aired on American Cable Channel, The Hub. Uh, The series ran for three seasons, earning a total of eight Daytime Emmy Award nominations and ultimately winning one of those. Um, Following a successful Kickstarter campaign, the series was independently revived as a bi-weekly YouTube series in late 2019. Over the course of their career, the Aquabats have experienced several radical evolutions in their sound and musical style. Having originally formed as part of an Orange County uh, excuse excuse me as part of Orange County's burgeoning third wave ska scene, much of the band's early material was rooted in the genre. Uh, boasting an eight piece lineup featuring a uh, feature excuse me featuring two lead guitarists, a keyboarders keyboardist, a horn section consisting of two trumpets and a saxophone, uh, the Aquabats style of of ska was primarily driven by brass and guitar incorporating elements of surf rock and punk rock their second album 1997's the fury of the aquabats while still predominantly ska based found the band starting to expand their sound into newer territory featuring more pronounced punk and surf influences and tongue-in-cheek experimentalism including several instrument uh several excuse me several instrumentals parodies of ragtime and tango music and the utilization of such unconventional instruments, such as clarinets, electric sitars, and even manualism, which is basically just the art of playing music by squeezing air through your hands. So making fart noises mm-hmm. with your hands, just like that. Um, Shortly after this uh, drummer, the Baron, I've got to talk about him for a second. I've got a, I've got, this is, this is really cool. All right. I don't know if you even knew this, knew that we were, I was even going to bring this up, but, I'm going to pull up this picture here. I'm going to blow this up for everybody to see. There we go. All right. So uh, shortly after this drummer, the, yeah, uh, the drummer Baron Vontito, a.k.a. Travis Barker, uh, would leave the Aquabats and then join Blink-182. The rest is history. You know the story. So yes, Travis Barker was a member of the Aquabats. Um, he played, I believe the only album that he played on was the Fury of the Aquabats, but this is him in costume, holding a snare drum and that's the start of it all before all the tattoos uh very unknown uh underrated drummer at the time would go on to join Blink-182 and there you have it so did you know that I had no idea you had no idea yeah I, I, I I've obviously I've known that for a while but uh yeah isn't that cool it, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like him does it <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, well, it does look like I'm, um, I, I, you know, because like, i I, the face is like spot on with the Charles Barker. Yeah, but that, but that costume choice is not. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look at these guys. These costume choices aren't very.
1: I like these better, yeah. but you know, he actually did a reunion with them one time, oh, did he? Um, and dressed up in these costumes okay. and uh, yeah. filled in and played a song with them. So, um, maybe two, three years ago, something like that. Um. Um, anyway, nice. so in 1999, the Aquabats underwent a significant shift in style for their third studio album, "The Aquabats Versus the Floating Eye of Death," uh, and its companion piece, "Myths, Legends, and Other Amazing Adventures, Volume 2, Further exploring the multi-genre eclecticism, which had been hinted at in uh, at uh, excuse me, been hinted at with the Fury during the Aquabats' career uh, lull in the early 2000s, several of the band's key members departed from the lineup, eventually reducing the former octet down to a mere quintet of vocals guitar keyboard bass, and drums this inevitably had a profound effect on the aquabat sound in particular the complete loss of their of um their once characteristic (laughs) horn section Um, sad day whenever the ska dies uh 2005's charge the first release featuring uh this reduced lineup uh marked an abrupt shift from the eclecticism of their previous records firmly establishing the Aquabats' current rock-based musical style, mixing elements of punk, new wave, and ska, a style which had also been described as um, some publications as nerd rock. What a nerd. Owing to the band's lyrical emphasis on pop culture. Uh, in recent years, the Aquabats have introduced um, an increased presence of keyboards and synthesizers into this style, which uh, critics noting their... Um, 2011 album high five soup as featuring more noticeable elements of synth pop and electronica Hmm. um now this is where it's going to get really fun um we're going to talk about the mythology (laughs) of the aquabats because there is a whole backstory um to their presence and uh it must be discussed and we're going to jump into that right now so perhaps even more uh, even more so for their music The Aquabats are widely recognized for their eccentric superhero identity, which adheres to a comprehensive mythology reflected in the band's music, stage shows, and promotional material in which the members are, in fact, a team of musical crime fighters on a quest to save the world. Let it be known. Um, Detailed in their lyrics, their liner notes, and their website and television series, the Aquabats have developed a small but elaborate fictional universe, fictional if that's what you want to call it, (laughs) quote-unquote, Fictional universe surrounding this mythology, um, describing the band's fictitious, quote unquote, fictitious uh, history and outlandish adventures, as well as conceiving an extensive extensive roster of enemies and allies, uh, many of whom are the subjects of specific songs and have appeared as part of the Aquabats stage shows in mock fight scenes or comedic skits. Over the years, this mythology, and in particular, the fictional back- fictional backstory uh, regarding their origins, has continu- continually changed, evolved, and occasionally been retconned to explain changes in the band's lineup. Sounds like a DC movie. Mm. The Aquabad's origin story can be separated uh, into two distinct eras. For the first half of their career, the band maintained a consistently canonical backstory established over the course of their first two albums. Alleging the band members were actually humanoid, uh, excuse me, humanoid bat creatures hailing from a distant tropical island called Aquabania. According to legend, Aquabania had been invaded by the villainous space monster M, forcing the surviving inhabitants to flee into the ocean where they eventually washed ashore in California and were taken in by Professor Monty Corndog, a mad scientist who used chemicals to give them superpowers. Donning costumes involving such accessories as radioactive rash guards. Man, I could have used that in high school. Mm -hmm. Power belts and anti-negativity helmets. I need that now.
0: We all do. Uh,
1: We all need anti-negativity helmets. Um, The Aquabats chose to channel their powers through music in order to take over the world by attracting legions of fans to aid them in combating space monster M and reclaiming their homeland, fighting the numerous villains and monsters who'd attempt to thwart their musical quest along the way. Okay, um, hold on, wait.
0: A minute. <laughs> we minute. I need water after that. <laughs> right, we need a movie of this right <laughs> now. I would. Play. I'm surprised
1: that they didn't show up at the the last battle in Endgame.
0: Right, right.
1: I mean, if, if they're if if Doctor Strange is gathering up everybody else, why Aquabats didn't show up? I don't know. This, I'll never forgive. This
0: would make a good um, Men in Black um, part. You know, part four. Right. Idea. I agree. We need this right now, y'all. Right now. And Travis Barker um, might must make an. Interview. He might even
1: come back for that. He yeah. might leave blank, and come back. To Aquabat. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with the heavy lineup changes uh, in the early to mid two thousands, which uh, only left two of the original band members, um, the Aquabats eventually dropped the Aquabania elements out of their backstory. Excuse me, reestablishing themselves as a group of freelance superheroes sorry uh, of intermediate uh, origin um, who travel to the countryside fighting evil and destroying boredom. Uh, This loose framework would later serve as the basis for the band's television series, the Aquabats super show where each member's character was further developed to showcase their own individual powers and personalities um, transitioning the Aquabats mythology from a story arc to a character ensemble. While the series first season left the band's origins uh, intentionally vague Several episodes of the band's second season feature uh, each member of the Aquabats recounting the band's history in animated uh, flashback sequences. While one of these sequences recalls the original Aquabania mythos, each member's flashbacks directly contradict one another, leaving it unknown, which uh, which to be considered officially canonical. We don't know. That's part of the fun of Aquabats, as we just don't know how they got here. All we can be thankful for is that they are here, and that they're here to uh, save the galaxy, what have you. I, I'm I'm very thankful.
0: How did you think the how? Okay, so how do you think that that did they get there? Did they fly down on some ship or something, or where did I, they? I
1: I personally like the Aquabania backstory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. The dude. first two albums.
1: I, I hate that it got retconned, but you know that's that's what I go with um that is canon uh, to me
0: and what was the corn dog uh, corn dog thing um
1: yeah <laughs> corn dog powers yeah, yeah uh, fun bunch man like we're talking about halloween episodes and we got scary stuff and we got whatever we we're got talking about masks, or whatever. but i mean kids dress up as superheroes so right. i thought that'd be cool
0: yeah we got crime fighters too
1: got crime fighters out here um i'm i'm hoping one day to you know see some kids like uh trick-or-treating in the neighborhood Walk by dressed up as one of the Aquabats,
0: and then you're gonna geek, geek out on him, right?
1: I'll geek out. Yep, geek, absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: And you would give him lot of candy because he came out uh, that's, that's a, right. As a unique, individualist. So and I, Travis Barker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, when Travis Barker came up to you and said, hey, "Give me some candy," uh, dressed up as an
1: Aquabat, that would yeah. be wild.
0: That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, so. Earlier on, in beginning of this episode, you think you you said that all these bands we were going to talk to talk about not talk to uh, talk I about. I wish we were talking I to. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk talk about we're, we're we're wearing masks. Yes, this band right now we are going to talk about are not technically wearing masks, but uh, technically they are because they wore face paint.
1: Yeah, and um, full on costumes, and. Uh, you know who we're going to talk about. Let's That's jump right. in, James.
0: It's the highest man in the world,
1: KISS! KISS!
0: Okay. okay, so KISS is often stylized as K-I crooked two S's.
1: Yeah, right. it's like a really cool looking S, man. Yeah.
0: I wonder who came up with it.
1: Uh, probably these, Gene Simmons, if these. I had to guess.
0: <laughs> and I focus on, like underwear, Do you like you know, and make you buy probably. like 500 pairs for 500 bucks. Probably. Yeah. Probably, there's no probably about it, man. There's no probably. You're right.
1: There's no probably about it. You will. Yeah. (laughs) I've already bought some. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: So Kiss Kiss is is an American rock band formed in New York City in January 73 by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, and Peter Chris. It's not Freely, it's Fraley. Fraley. I've, I've learned that.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Uh, so well-known for its members' face paint and stage outfits. The group rose to prominence in the mid-late 70s with its shocking live performances, which featured fire-brewing, blood-spinning, smoking guitars, shooting rockets, levitating drum kits, and pyrotechnics. Cool. I, I wonder if Tommy Lee got, got the idea for, probably for thing from the, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know who did it first. I think I, I, I think Tommy Lee did it first, and then Kiss. I like think Tommy
1: Lee was probably the first one to do it and like flip the. There you go. The stage over, and then rotate it to where he had to be strapped in with like a race car. Right, and then
0: and then, then i seen and I did see Joey Jordison from Slipknot do the same thing. So
1: Joey Jordison from Slipknot did it. Travis Barker has done it, and I'm yep.
0: sure that the Eric Singer did the two. And, and the,
1: Parkway and, Drive did that recently and we're like, all right, buddy, it's been it's been done before, okay? All the big guys have done it and you just want to be involved. It's okay. There you go. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> the band has gone through several lineup changes. Yes, they have. Uh, with Ooh. Stanley and Simmons being the only members they feature every in every lineup. The original and best known lineup, because that's the Stanley on vocals from Rhythm Guitar, that's Paul. Gene Simmons vocals and bass, Ace Frehley on, on the guitar and vocals, and of course, Peter Chris on drums and vocals. With their makeup and costumes, the band, the band members um, took on persona of comic book style characters. The star child, Stanley, uh, Paul, the uh, demon Gene Simmons, uh, the spaceman, or space Ace Frehley, and the Catman Peter Chris, dude.
1: dude all right, pause. I need okay. to. I need to tell you this. So I went to a music night at the brewery here in town with Allie and my sister-in-law Christine, um, a few weeks ago, maybe like a month ago, something like that. And uh, it was a music trivia uh, night. So um, the first like round was all music related, rock and roll, and um, one of the it was like a four part. Uh, you could get up to four points four point answer um if you could name all of the uh personas of the of the members of kiss right um of the you know first four at least so um i got three out of four i could not for the life of me remember what i could not remember spaceman or space ace i knew it was something like space ace um, but I got the demon, I got Star Child, I got the Catman. Yeah. But um so almost got us four points on that. I got us three, so
0: hey, three out of four, ain't bad, dude. You know? Yep.
1: And I have not slept since then. Just, it kept me up all night.
0: Like you idiot. Man. Until until right now and you're like, oh no. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so due to creativity differences, most Chris and Freely uh had to depart from the group in eighty two. Um in eighty three though. Uh, Kiss began began performing without the makeup and costumes, thus marking the beginning of, a, of the band's unmasked era, which they came up with the album called Unmasked. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were last for over a decade, a decade what ten years?
2: Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay.
0: um, the band ex- the band experienced a commercial resurgence during this era, with the platinum-certified album "Lick It Up." Uh, which is a great, yeah. and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. which that successfully introduced them to a new generation of fans. And it's music videos receiving regular airplay on MTV. Mm. Eric Carr, who had replaced Chris in 1980, died in 91. Uh, dude, I loved Eric Carr.
1: Eric Carr was good. Yeah, I, I love Peter Chris, but Eric Carr, Eric Carr was a great drummer too.
0: Eric Carr uh, did probably did the best version of Black Diamond I've ever I've ever heard before.
1: It's true,
0: and I think he did took the role of the the fox, right?
1: Um, I think so. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, yeah.
0: I think he was the fox because he had this because he had this face painted up. Just yeah, like that, I just think like that was that. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep, that was the fox. Yep. The sorry, box? I jumped
1: ahead in the notes real quick just to see. Oh, yep, yeah, that yeah, was the yeah, fox. Yeah, that's
0: fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so he died of ninety-one of heart cancer, and re- and was replaced by Eric Singer. It's the guy on your screen right now. Uh, took the took the role of the uh, cat. Facebook. Yeah. Um, in response to a wave of kiss nostalgia in the mid '90s. The original lineup reunited in in 96, which also saw the return of its makeup and stage costumes. The resulting tour, reunion tour, was highly successful, gaining 143.7 million dollars, making it the band's most successful tour to date. Uh, Chris and Fraley uh, subsequently left the band again, (laughs) again, and Bye. Bye. and have <laughs> been replaced by Slinger and Tommy Thayer, which is the two guys on the screen right now. Yeah, uh, Thayer mm-hmm. taking the role of 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 um Space Ace, but I don't space know Ace. if I, I I think he's space Tommy now, maybe.
1: But it may be yeah.
0: I don't know. He I don't think he that, that, that they really went into their um you know yeah thing but uh the band has continued with his original stage makeup with singer and Thayer using the original catman and spaceman makeup respectively mm-hmm. right in September 2018 kiss announced that over that after 45 years of recording and performing um, it would be embarking on its ongoing final tour round three or something.
1: God, you just see me roll my eyes like super Man. hard just now. Like how many times but, have they well, been like, this is it. This is the final tour,
0: <laughs> right? We're we're gonna they yeah. like, they're, they're, they're gonna be like Rick You know, come out like eighty years old still, yeah, still rocking. It's still but, kicking. But I went to their first, uh, final tour in two thousand one. It, I saw cool. I saw all the original people. You know, with 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 Ace and uh, Ace and uh, Eric. No way. I mean, Ace and um. Peter, yeah, yeah, that was a great cool. show, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, oh, okay. So, so they're calling this tour the End of the Road World Tour. They're going all over the world, uh, which started in January twenty nineteen and is currently set to conclude in twenty twenty. Obviously, with this COVID, so
1: yeah, they've had to pump the brakes on that.
0: Yeah, a uh, kiss is regarded as one of the most influential rock bands of all time. Dude, I, that's true. Because I'm, I've, I'm, I'm that bet anybody that doesn't like kiss, kiss music, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, as well as being the one of the best uh, best selling bands of all time, Oof. having yeah. having sold more than seventy five million records worldwide, including twenty one million RIAA certified albums. Uh, Kiss also holds the title of as America's number one gold record award-winning group of all time. Having earned 30 gold albums, well, uh, Kiss <laughs> has 14 platinum albums, with three albums being multi-platinum. Yeah. Um, on, on April 10, 2014, the four original members of Kiss were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This was ranked by MTVs the ninth greatest band, greatest metal band of all time. Okay, so right there, I don't think they're metal. I think they're strictly rock and roll. I don't know why.
1: I, I even like in their heyday. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they should have been considered a metal band. No, um, I'm sure they got lumped into that category because of their looks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I've never thought that they were. Now, there's some songs that, yes, absolutely. Like, like God of uh, Thunder, that's God a heavy song,
0: the and um, uh, and War Machine was a great, great song to be um, classified as metal song, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, I
1: think they had a touch of that, but I think as a whole, they have never really been a metal band. I don't believe, like, definitely a rock uh, band. Yeah,
0: right, right. Um, so they they were listed as that um hundred greatest artists of hard rock of all time. As well as being ranked as the third best metal in horror rock live album of all time. I don't uh, that's weird. Um Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the makeup designs for a minute. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Booyah. Booyah. Yes. That's that's good that you have the river, thank you. Got it. Um the <laughs> band is the band is famous for iconic makeup designs each of which represents a different character or persona the current lineup consists of the original designs so once again uh, yeah. the star Child, which is in the upper right corner right um the demon which is represented by the bottom left corner um and the spaceman as represented as the top left corner and the Catman, which is represented in a in bottom middle middle row yep uh the band formally included a practice of giving any new member a, a new persona. Such as the Fox for Car, which is the, the top middle one. Yep. And the Ankh Warrior as for Vinnie Vincent in the bottom right corner on your screen. Yep. Which is good because uh, Vinnie Vincent is a, is a fantastic um, guitarist. Mm-hmm. So, this practice... Ended after singer and Thayer took up freely space, uh, spaceman, and Peter Chris's Catman personas. When asked on the matter, um, Simmons stated, "Why wouldn't we use the classic makeup? We own it, which is true." Yeah, um, Chris Peter Chris rel- 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 relinquished his rights to his makeup when he left the band in 2004, which he later regretted. Saying, I'm pissed at myself that they, uh, that that my makeup slipped through my hands. Well, Ace claims uh, he licensed his, his his designs to the band and would give it back. A notation which Stanley calls, it's a, just a fantasy of his.
2: <laughs>
0: so he was just, he was just kidding, he was just dreaming that, you know, we, we're You're not right going to give it back. Right. Why would we give it back? You know, it's yeah. ours, we own it. Uh, So, Kiss was strongly influenced by Alice Cooper and the New York Dolls, while Simmons has has stated that the band's musical heart and soul lies in England. The Beatles and the Yardbirds' trio of rock guitarists, Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, and Jeff Beck, were among the British acts he praised. With Simmons stating, I've ripped off so many English bands, if the British influence wasn't there we wouldn't be here rock and roll on night is a direct bastard child of slade's mama we're all crazy now spelled different ways yeah um, yeah because we're is w w-e-e-r and crazy is c-a-c-r-a-z-e-e
1: and you know i didn't even know that that was a, like i thought that was a quiet riot like original song right um, but Quiet Riots is a cover, uh, and I had no idea. I just thought that, and I thought that that's how Quiet Riot spelled it, was the uh, right. Mama We're All Crazy Now spelled that way. Yeah. And um, you learn something new every day, Yeah, right?
0: Everybody, yeah, right. Yeah. So everybody's writing in a book now, so, and yeah. Simmons' books, and, and and one of his books, uh, Kiss and Makeup Simmons. Yeah, that's ah, that's, that's good. That's good. The smart. dude's
1: a marketing genius, yes, like, no yes, doubt. Man.
0: Kiss the Makeup is one of his books. In that book, uh, Simmons wrote of the glam rock group Slade. Uh, we liked the way they connected with the crowd, and the, the way they wrote anthems. We wanted that same energy, that same irresistible simplicity. And he's right. kiss songs yeah. are the most, are one of the most simplest uh, licks to play I've heard. I, you know, I've I wanted to play guitar. I started playing guitar when I was like fourteen. Right. I didn't stick with it, but uh, but throughout throughout my time of was, was interviewing, you know, you know, musicians on on this podcast, I've I've seldom asked, you know, what what's the most, um, you know, basic songs that you would first learn how to play guitar. And yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's like Kiss, and Tom yep. and Tom Petty. Right and and ACDC, of course, because I mean it's you know three notes can make a make a whole song, you know. Right, right. And I just love Kiss, and and uh, and Kiss has been covered by multiple genres. There yeah. is one, uh, there's one, uh, uh, compilation album of covers. I think it's all it's all um, it's all country artists that covered their songs, maybe um okay yeah i forgot i i forgot what it's called but i'm probably going to find it pretty soon um but yeah so um yeah
1: so i uh the first year that uh the company that i worked for john harris um they had a they used to do employee appreciation parties every year right and uh they were fun like they were always themed and uh the first year that i was after I was working there was a seventies theme. So, um, myself and a coworker, uh, we decided to, um, dress up as kiss and, uh, went to, um, to this employee person. This is the first time that I met like a majority of the people that worked in the company It didn't work at my shop directly. So I show up, um, we, we did like the whole costume thing. I'll have to send you a picture. So you can throw it up with the uh, Instagram post with this yeah. one of me dressed up as Peter Chris. Um, Cause it felt right. I was like, well, I love Peter Chris as a drummer. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be Peter Chris. So, um, but yeah, fun night. I showed up and uh, was fully decked out in my kiss attire, wore very uncomfortable boots and had my face completely painted. And, um, but fun night nonetheless. So, Uh, and, uh, I wonder how many kids have dressed up as members of kiss over the years for Halloween, um, just to go trick or treating for a little while. So, and how many moms had to sit there and try to get, just nail the, uh, the, the makeup, you know what I mean? Um, my older cousin, Billy, was a huge, huge kiss (laughs) fan to this day. He always talked about being a part of the kiss army and you know, all that. And, um, Oh, we didn't even talk about the controversy surrounding like their name. People thinking that Kiss stood for Knights in Satan's Service. <laughs> yeah, <Ooh. laughs>
0: I think Kiss was just Kiss, man. Just keep, I don't. Me a,
1: I forgot what they said it stood for because it's it does stand for something, but uh, it's not Knights in Satan's Service. So.
0: Well, I'm gonna let you link that up. So while I tell everybody about the uh, cover song, uh, cover uh, CD. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so the cover cover CD was uh, it's called Kiss My. Adul- kiss My. A double S S okay, so the the artist that covers their songs it's Led uh, Lady Garth Brooks, Anthrax, Jim Blossoms, um, Dinosaur Junior, X- Extreme, uh The Lemonheads, Mighty Mighty Boston And okay. uh, yeah, so it's 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 a great, great, great album. Uh uh-huh. Um Yeah, and that's Kiss My Ass. <laughs> It says it says classicist regrooved songs. Okay. So technically uh, that's cover songs, but yeah, but Garth Brooks is a great, great song of Luck Woman. I mean it's just out of you know, I mean it's Yeah. It's one that that up now. Yeah. You know.
1: Um, so I I looked it up and uh apparently it stands for Keep It Simple, Sweetheart.
0: Ah, the other person of keep it simple, right? Stupid. So
1: apparently, that's what it stands for for them. So, um, not knights in Satan service. I think Gene Simmons is actually a Christian, if I'm not mistaken. I believe, I believe so.
0: Think so?
1: Yeah. Well, um, whether
0: you whether you like the guy or not, he he's a good marketing genius. Oh, buy big time! Each.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's why you can't walk into any type of like music store. probably not see some some form of uh not even like a music like retail store like going in for t-shirts and stuff i'm talking like a music store too like just go in there and if they got the slightest little bit of merchandise i guarantee you there's a kiss something in there something uh kiss caskets we've talked about that before yeah Yeah. kiss condoms Uh, kiss condoms? Yeah, condoms um the so the coffee what whatever there was a big kiss store at the beach remember yes. um at like broadway at the beach they had a huge and it was like gene simmons's boot uh just like the big replica of the boot on the outside right outside the door and uh yeah. right. i used to go in there all the time
0: yeah i wonder what happened to it i don't know why they closed down
1: oh who knows man
0: they should bring that back
1: i wish they would yeah. um all right well do you want to move on here sure All right, well, let's get into um, our last band for uh, this special episode. I'm going to get that picture, pulled back up here. There we go. All right, so, yes, as soon as I knock my microphone out. Uh, So, yeah, man, let's talk about Slipknot for a minute. Um, God, one of my favorite bands ever. I don't have a problem admitting that to people. Um, I don't think that they should get as much crap as they do. Um, I think they're a wonderful band. They might be a little frightening looking, but hey, they're a great band nonetheless. So, uh, Slipknot is an American heavy metal band formed in Des Moines, Iowa, in 1995 by percussionist Sean. Uh, what was the proper way to say his last name again? Cran. Cran. Uh, drummer Joey Jordison and bassist Paul Gray. R.I.P. to both of those gentlemen there. Um, after several lineup changes in its early years, the band settled on nine members uh, for more than a decade. Uh, Cran. uh, Joey Jordison, Gray, um, Craig Jones, Mick Thompson, Corey Taylor, Sid Wilson, Chris Fien, and Jim Root. Uh, Unfortunately, Paul Gray died on May 24th of 2010 and was replaced uh, during the 2011 to 2014 uh, years by guitarist Donnie Steele. Joey Jordison uh, himself was dismissed from the band on December 12th of 2013. Um, Steele left uh, during the recording uh, sessions for – five the gray chapter the band found replacements in alessandro ventrella uh on bass and jay weinberg on the drums um we'll get to jane Wy- jay weinberg later um after the departure of joey jordison as of 20 of uh, december of 2013 the only founding member in the current lineup is percussionist uh cran uh sean cran is the only clown he's the only one left yeah. um of the that that original lineup um Fan was also uh, dismissed from the band in March of 2019 prior to the writing of We Are Not Your Kind. Um, Slipknot is well known for its attention-grabbing image, aggressive style of music, and energetic and chaotic live shows. I can attest to that. I saw them at Carolina Rebellion one time, and it was nuts. Uh, The band rapidly rose to fame during the release of their uh, eponymous debut album in
0: 1999.
1: Infamous. Yeah, the uh, 2001 follow-up album Iowa, although darker in tone, made the band more popular. After a brief hiatus, um, Slipknot returned in 2004 with volume three, the subliminal verses. That's (coughs) my personal favorite um, of of all their releases. So before uh, going on another hiatus and returning in 2008 with its fourth album, All Hope is Gone, which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. After another long hiatus, Slipknot released its fifth studio album, Five The Gray Chapter in 2014. Uh, their sixth studio album, We Are Not Your Kind, was released on August 9th of 2019. Uh, the band has released two live albums entitled 9.0 Live and Days of the Gusano Live in Mexico, a compilation album um titled Antennas to Hell and five live DVDs. Uh, the band has sold thirty million records worldwide. Slipknot is considered a new metal band. I don't like to consider them a new metal band. It's just me um but they came out in that era i mean it's cool Uh, but if you listen to you know the self-titled in 1999 and compare it to other new metal bands i mean they were not new metal um the band members uh, prefer to distance themselves musically from other new metal bands such as corn and limp biscuit um slipknot describes its sound as metal metal just metal metal <laughs> um, in regards the link to new metal as coincidental and a result of new metals emergence being concurrent with that of slipknot there you go uh, the band's sound typically re- uh, features a heavily downtuned guitar setup a large percussive s- section um, sampling keyboards and uh, djing slash uh, turntableism using a variety of that is, that is why they got grouped into the new metal thing. It's because they had one DJ, they had one guy on the turntables and they were automatically yeah. a new metal band. That was just not the case. Wow. Um, using a variety of vocal styles, the music uh, typically featured growled vocals, <laughs> screaming uh, backing vocals, as well as melodic singing. The band is continually experimenting with its sound, most notably developing tracks led by acoustic guitars and melodic singing that first appeared on volume three of the subliminal verses. I think that's why that's my favorite album. It's just very all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah, Slipknot's lyrics are generally very aggressive. They sometimes include profanity uh, while exploring themes such as darkness, nihilism, anger, disaffection, love, misanthropy, uh, and psychosis. Um, They often draw upon topics including music industry, politics, personal strife, and reflection, among others. Rick Anderson of AllMusic said, those quote, those lyrics are um, discernible, uh, excuse me, those lyrics that are discernible are not generally quotable on a family website. On volume three, uh, Taylor deliberately avoided using profanity um, in response to claims that he relied on it. And uh, I never thought about that until the other day. And I went back and listened to volume three in its entirety and i was like yeah he doesn't cuss on this thing like at all but uh you know anyway it so uh slip Knight's side to both uh corn's self-titled album of 1994 and Lint biscuit's album three dollar bill y'all of 1997 as major influences however the band's biggest influence both on their image and their music has been singer mike patton here we go yes the man yes um and his bands mr bungle of fantomas And Faith No More, dude. I freaking love Faith No More. Yeah,
0: That's right. You like Mr. Bungle, don't you? I, To be honest with you, I don't really listen to them because I'm, you know.
1: Could have sworn you were. My bad.
0: But I do love uh, Faith No More, dude.
1: Faith Faith No No More is is great. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Wonderful. Corey Taylor even stated that watching uh, Faith No More perform on the 1990 MTV Music Video Awards saved his life. Um, in an interview with 2000, Mike Patton called the Slipknot members really nice guys. Uh, <laughs> the, band, the band Kiss, as we just mentioned before, uh, has been a big influence for Slipknot as well, both musically and image-wise. Several band members have, uh, in numerous interviews, stated that the impact of Kiss, um, the excuse me, the impact that Kiss had on them when, when they were growing up. Um, in an interview with Revolver Magazine, Joey Jordison said that, quote, I saw Kiss on the Dick Clark show in, in the Uh, excuse me on the dick clark show in like 1980 or something and kiss alive was the first records of theirs that i had this was back when you bought cassettes or records and i still have my original cassette copy of it and i tell you what it just blew my mind um the cover tells you everything you need to know it just makes you want to listen to the whole record and these guys look like demons you don't know um you don't know when you're a kid and you're watching them on tv and it's just like guys in makeup so yeah it was inspiring back then they were a huge influence on me when I was a kid and that record came out 19, in 1975. So I was always like, that is badass. ass. Uh, one of my favorite records of all time came out that year that I was born. Yes. Joey said. Right. Um, so the band is known for its attention grabbing image. Um, the, uh, as you can see here if you're watching our YouTube channel, the members perform wearing unique individual face masks and matching uniforms, typically jumpsuits. While each member is typically assigned and referred to uh, by number based on the role in the band, um, starting with number zero, even though zero is not even a number, um, and through eight, uh, although the latter practice has diminished following the death of Paul Gray, uh, rightfully so. The the number thing, I think, was something he really pushed and was really into. Um, and uh, I mean, it's a good way to keep track of There's nine guys up there, man. How do you know who's who? Uh, you got to round them up. Uh, so the I, band, go ahead. Sorry,
0: I like number seven, which is Mick, Mick Thompson.
1: Mick, Mick Thompson and, uh, and Here, I think he looks like MF Doom. Yes, they got very you similar can, masks. You can see
0: right, Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Corey Taylor is number eight. That's how I know seven and eight.
1: Yeah, so, mm-hmm. and then uh zero was Sid. Joey Jordanson was number one. Paul Gray was number two. Chris Fiend was number three. Uh. I can't remember who number four was. It might have been Clown.
0: Yeah. Um, I think five was Root. Jim Root. I think
1: five was Jim Root. Six was... Uh, fine I think six was... Um, oh, man. What's his name? With the spiky mask. Oh, Craig. Yeah, Craig. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. think. And then... Um, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Something like it was something like that. I tried to memorize it one time when I was little. I tried (laughs) to like remember them all by their numbers. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, the band has said that the idea of wearing masks uh, stemmed from a clown mask that uh, Cran took to rehearsals when the band first started. Cran later became known for his clown mask, adopting the pseudonym Sean the Clown. The concept developed, um, and then by the late 1997, the band decided that every band member would wear a unique mask and matching jumpsuit. Um, Taylor said in twenty, uh, excuse me, two thousand two or twenty oh two, as James likes to say. Um, he said, "Quote: It's our way of becoming more intimate with the music. It's a way for us to become unconscious of who we are um, and what we do outside of the music. It's a way for us to kind of crawl inside and it be able to and be able to use it." Excuse me. The concept of wearing matching jumpsuits has been described as a response to commercialism in the music industry and led to the idea of assigning the band members uh, <laughs> numerical aliases. Uh, according to Taylor uh, said, quote, originally we were just going to wear the jumpsuits and we figure we might as well take that further and number ourselves. We're basically saying, Hey, we're a product. So, um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty interesting response to, especially at that time, 1999, you got boys, ba- boy bands all over the place and right. You know, yeah. that whole thing. So, uh, during their careers, the members of Slipknot, um, have developed their images, updating their uniforms and each member's mass upon the release of each album. That is, Me, as a Slipknot fan, that's something you look forward to. You hear about a new album, and you're like, can't wait to see what the masks are going to look like. And then it's like an immediate, huge discussion online. What masks are cool? Which ones are stupid? And as you can see here, the one that Corey Taylor has, um, where it's like he's got part of a – it's basically like it looks like a scarf or something over it, and he's got his long hair. And um, uh, It kind of – the best picture I saw, the best meme I saw – it looked like someone took a milk carton or a milk jug, excuse me, like a gallon jug of milk, um, and then like cut it in half and then put it over their face. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what it looks like.
0: <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, for people watching it right now, uh, you're looking at the We Are Not Your Kind era of Slipknot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is the and, 2019 uh, We Are Not Your Kind uh, right. promotional picture for them. So. Right. Right. um they have updated the masks. I don't.
0: Well, what? Well, okay. So, so one person asked and that's Corey. I haven't Corey I Corey Taylor, yeah. I haven't seen the uh I haven't seen the uh I've heard that the bassist Alexandro uh had has updated his and there's pin pictures of, of it, but I can't find it anywhere.
1: Yeah, there's no like they haven't re- they haven't announced the new album. I'm sure that when they announce new album they'll do more promotional pictures with new updated masks. Um but th- as of right now I guess like canonically this is this is the Slipknot mask like they have performed live you even shared something yeah um, about Taylor's uh new mask and how it kind of looks like a combination of like four different masks of his that are are all like coming I think it's cool I think his new mask looks cool
0: it looks like his Iowa mask conformed with his all um with his um uh all All hope is gone gone. what yeah
1: yeah and then with a little bit of um the first album
0: Iowa. You're right.
1: Right. And then the stitching of, uh, the Um, subliminal versus like there's some stitching in there. Yeah. Yeah, That, that, that subliminal versus mask is my favorite of his. Right. Uh, And, uh, it's got all the stitches in it and stuff. It looks cool.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see, where are we at? Um, yeah. Uh, the appearance and styles of the masks do not usually differ significantly between the album's. Um, members typically maintain the established theme of their mask while adding new elements. Um, Jordison, in an interview in uh, 2004, said that the masks are updated to show growth within each individual. Slipknot's members have worn special masks for specific occasions, most notably for their music video and live performances of Vermillion in 2004 and 2005 when they wore life masks, um, made from casts of their own faces. I thought that was really cool. I remember seeing that
0: yeah yeah, Um, i think i i think they call it a death mask
1: yeah life masks uh death masks and all that yeah Yeah. um in 2008 the band wore a set of large masks um titled purgatory masks uh during uh photograph shoots before the release of all hope is gone that was a big thing man i remember all hope is gone they've been out of the scene for a while hadn't had an album since 04. And um, you just kind of like waiting for new music, like Corey Taylor and Jim Root were off doing Stone Sour for a long time. And um, the buildup to the new Slipknot album was just huge. Right. 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 And all you got was those big masks like yeah. them out of like, yeah. the cornfield. And there was these huge masks. And, and, you know, they announced, I think, Psychosocial dropped as a single and just, oh, man, there's so yeah. much hype. Uh, in the music video for Psychosocial, there you go. Um, they are seen burning them, and I thought that was cool too. Everything they do, their marketing is incredible. Oh yeah, like it's promotional, emotionally. So um, uh, so yeah, so they burned the Purgatory masks uh, during the photograph uh, shoots before the release of All Hope Is Gone. Um, excuse me, they're burning them in the Psychosocial music video. I'll get back on track here in a second. <laughs> uh, shortly after its inception, sleep, uh, Slip Sloop Knot. Slitknot's masks uh, were homemade, but since 2000, they have been custom made by special effects artists and musician screaming mad George. Um, The band's image has been the subject of much criticism and controversy with critics generally accusing it uh, of being a a sales gimmick. The band members object to these claims. According to them, uh, the masks are used to divert attention from themselves and put it on the music. Several band members have said that wearing the masks helped them to maintain privacy in their personal lives. Um, during an interview in 2005, percussionist Fane said that the masks were a blessing because they meant the members are not recognized in public. Now that does not go for Corey Taylor and Jim Root, obviously because no. they started uh, stone sour right. without masks. So now everybody knows what they look like. Right. But um. But yeah, for a long time, a lot of people didn't know what these guys even looked like.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, well, it's kind it of like a, puts like like a myth
1: yeah. It makes them feel like they're almost like a myth, right? Like right. It, it creates this cool mythos surrounding the guys. Ooh, what do they look like? Right. Like if I saw them in public, I wouldn't know it was them. Right. Yeah, because um,
0: cause, um yeah. I'll i I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Is uh, I I went to um the metal man festival. Slip that was yeah. there, right? Right. And, uh, there was this guy called DJ Starscream. Okay. And I'm like, who is this guy? You why, you know, why why have heard of, turns out it was Sid from Slipknot. Yeah. DJ Starscream was his other pseudo, pseudonym, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess he makes albums under, uh, under the name with his own, own right. uh, beats or something. But yeah, yeah, I, th- I found that very cool.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. Sid's an interesting, interesting character, man. Yeah. He is, uh, He's one of a kind.
0: I think he has broken more feet than anybody in in, in the band.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So, um, as far as live performances yeah, go, yeah, they're yeah. very energetic people. Um, And then people like Sid,
0: <laughs> who, who are so
1: very energetic, he likes to jump on anything and everything he can get his hands on.
0: Yeah. I think Corey's said it's not a true Slipknot tour of Sid doesn't break his legs.
1: Yeah, it sounds <laughs> <better>.
0: <laughs> Which is true yeah, because, because ever he finds something to... You know.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure he gets bored. Like, I mean, he's he's the DJ in the group. So, yeah. I mean, it, all right. So, backstory, if you're not familiar with like how Slipknot works. Okay, so they've got um, Corey Taylor on the vocals. Uh, you got Jim Root and Mick Thompson on uh, guitars. Um, now you have Alessandro on bass. It was Paul Gray. <laughs> um, and then you got Joey Jordanson uh slash jay weinberg uh who were the drummers okay so then you also had two percussionists um chris fane um and uh now replaced by tortilla man we'll get to tortilla, tortilla man later uh, and then you had uh sean clown Cran, Cran, right. Um, another percussionist so they played snare drums they had like big marching stuff that they would play uh they played the trash can Uh, or no it's more like a keg i think Um, especially for uh, duality like they hit these giant kegs with baseball bats and it's very noticeable um in the song um and then you had sid as the uh, dj on the turntables but then you have spiky face here um craig craig jones Jones. um, who does sampling so if you're not familiar what the sampling is it's basically just all the background music um for their for their sets and their songs or whatever so like he just it's watching them live it's really funny because he stand the guy is very quiet nobody knows a whole lot about craig jones
0: nobody Nobody, knows what he sound like
1: nobody knows what he doesn't do interviews nobody really knows what he looks like either um so he's been this mysterious figure within the band for all these years but it's funny because he sits in front of this little tiny, like little board, and he just headbangs the whole time. Yeah. Like, and that's it. Um, and uh, but yeah, I'm sure that that Sid, you know, he's more involved and he has more like parts that you can kind of pick out, but I'm sure he gets bored. And he's like, Hey, I'm gonna go jump on this thing because, uh, clown and chris they were always on these big like risers and they would go up in the air and they'd Mm -hmm. spin around and they're just hanging off of them and they're beating the kegs with the baseball bats and it was just wild to watch and he's like i want in on that and um one of the best like performances i've ever seen of them uh they went on jimmy kimmel live right whenever subliminal verses came out and they played the blister exists and it is like one of the coolest things because first off there's nine people right in the band so Mm -hmm. they're on this tiny little stage and they're playing this song and it's such a song that it, this song involves like everybody in the band so it's a cool little showcase for everybody right uh, clown and chris came out with like the marching snare breakdown and everything but like sid is jumping all over the place and he's headbanging everywhere i've got to send you that video man it's so cool i love watching it um but yeah obviously i love this band like mm-hmm. ton yeah but uh let's uh let's get to some really really sad and depressing things shall we um let's uh i'm gonna pull up this picture here uh for everybody to see um because they're not featured in that last uh picture that we had up here but uh if you're watching on the youtube uh channel right now this is uh paul gray and joey jordison bassist and drummer for slipknot um who have both of them have passed away now uh, in 2010, Gray was planning uh, to tour with the supergroup Hale, uh, but on May 24th of 2010, he was found dead in Iowa, in an Urbandale, Iowa hotel room. Circumstances surrounding his death at the time were not immediately known, um, but then later an autopsy uh, suspected of his death was not intentional, uh, but then did not reveal the cause. The day after his death, the remaining eight members of the band held a live, unmasked uh, press conference, Um, alongside gray's widow and brother i remember watching that it was it really really bummed me out um on june 21st the cause of death uh was confirmed that it was an accidental overdose of morphine and synthetic morphine substitute fentanyl um so rip uh to paul gray and unfortunately later on um and, and we'll get to um Well, we'll we'll go ahead and jump into it now. So in 2016, Joey Jordison talked about his suffering of acute transverse myelitis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In a Metal Hammer interview. Uh, Its symptoms started in 2010 while touring with the Murder Dolls, as we mentioned in our previous uh, Horror Punk Part 2 episode. Um, But the disease was diagnosed long after. Uh, This progressed to the loss of use of his left leg. Um, Unfortunately, that really does a number on your drumming. Um, the neurologic neurological disease had temporarily cost him the use of his legs and uh, caused him to be unable to play the drums before rehabilitation. Um, he later recovered with the aid of medical help and until intensive work in the gym. Nice. Um, yep. But, and then uh, unfortunately on July of 27 of 2021, this year, uh, Jorison's family announced that he had died in his sleep on uh, the, uh, the day before the 26th uh, at the age of, the very young age of forty six. Um, so yeah. Definitely definitely not the same without those guys in the band, but I, you know, I still love the stuff that they're doing now, but you could just hear the influence from uh from Joey and from Paul. Um, especially Joey, his drumming was just so unique. And Jay does a great job. I love Jay Weinberg, I really do. Um, but there is there was something special about Joey Jordison's play. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Five. And he's played in so many other bands too, cause um, yeah, I re- I, I remember he was playing with Corn. He and, put
1: yep, he filled and, in and played with Corn for a Korn, while. Rob Zombie.
0: But, well, Jonathan Davis of Corn said that he played way too fast for him. I, <laughs> you <know>, <laughs> just couldn't keep slow up. With, yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's like slow down, dude. You know, slow down. Uh, but first, said, nope, you wanted me here. You got me. You know, I'm playing this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Well, let's um. Let's uh let's talk about Chris Chris Fien is he's still around. It's a weird it's it's a weird thing with him, man. Um the uh, the other percussionist alongside of Clown um uh, that is no yeah, longer in the band.
0: Yeah, this is weird, dude. I, I I really don't understand this to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a weird situation. So on March 14th of 2019, uh Chris Feine filed a lo- a lawsuit against the band citing payment being held back. Uh, Fane uh, specifically accused Corey Taylor and Sean Cran uh, for what he felt was questionable business dealings on March, uh, March 18th of 2019 Fane officially split with Slipknot following his lawsuit. However, a few days later, the message was removed from the website and according to Fane's lawyer, the percussionist's employment status with the band had not changed since his initial filing. So money problems, he was like, I want some money, y'all hold my money back, and everybody else was like, "Dude, you're crazy." And then a few days later, he's out of the band. So short and sweet. I don't know what he's doing now. I don't think he really is doing anything. I haven't really heard about any other projects that he's involved in. And um, uh, to be honest, if well, he joins another band, I don't know what if he's going to be as successful as he was with Slipknot. So,
0: well, I would tell you this: when I heard that, I thought that was like a like a gimmick kind of thing, you know, because you yeah. know how how bands do that, you know, to right. to get their music out, you know, because, yeah, because I think, because uh, I think, um, uh, they were recording some kind of album. I I think they were recording, um, We Are Not Your Kind, right?
1: They were in the early stages. Yeah, yeah it was the yeah. early stages of We Are Not Your Kind.
0: A lot of people thought this was a play to get people to, uh, listen to and buy yeah. We Are Not Your Kind, but
1: Right. Apparently this was
0: 100% true, and, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah, so we got two, uh, no three, three new members. Three new from members the band. to talk about. Yes, so let's talk about them.
1: Yeah, so let's start out here with Alessandro Ventruella. That
0: guy looks um, like he works out hardcore style. Yeah, he yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah.
1: He's a big dude. He yeah. plays an interesting looking bass too. There's no like, there's no headstock on. Right.
0: It. Yeah. It's yeah. Just,
1: you know, it's that's uh, unique looking, but um, and usually I I had a picture in our show notes i couldn't find the same one for some reason that yeah. i put in our show notes that we're reading off of right um but yeah like his guitar his bass usually like lights up oh wow um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah it's really cool yeah. um and i think it like matches his mask sometimes too that he like it'll like it'll, the bass light, will light up with his yeah. mask at the same time interesting oh. but anyway. um so yeah Alessandro ventrella uh is a uh <coughs> A British musician who uh, currently, is, uh, currently is the bass player for Slipknot. Um, he previously has served as a lead guitarist for Crocodile and Cry for Silence. Earlier in his career, he was the touring guitar tech for Mastodon's Brent Hines, uh, Coheed and Cambria, Architects, and Fight Star. Um, so he's one of the new additions to the band. Yeah, he's he's cool looking, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with him. Um, no, no, <laughs> no, not at all.
0: Hell, I wouldn't miss Win McTuplin, you
1: know. Yeah. Uh-uh. So. Um. So then we have uh, Jay Weinberg. This guy's really cool. Uh, I love his drum videos on Instagram. Man, he's he's a m- magnificent drummer. Right. Uh, Jay Weinberg is an American musician and dr- and drummer for the uh, for the band Slipknot. He's the son. This is cool. He is the son for the American drummer Max Weinberg, uh, who uh, he has played with the American punk rock band the Reveling and toured in two thousand nine as a drummer with Bruce Springsteen, uh, Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, um, substituting for his father. Um, wow. So yeah, Max Weinberg, longtime drummer for Bruce Springsteen.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, during twenty ten, he was briefly the drummer for Madball, a really great hardcore band. Uh, during 2011 and uh, 2012, Weinberg played with Against Me, a wonderful punk band. Um, and then in 2014, uh, Weinberg replaced Joey Jordison as the drummer for Slipknot. Um, and I'm going to pull up this picture, too, because this is just really cool. And this circulated again the other day on the Internet. But uh, on, on YouTube, if you're watching us right now, on this upper picture, uh, to, the, to the left, this is a very young uh-huh. Jay Weinberg right. in a Corey Taylor mask with his dad Max Weinberg right here in the middle and then Jim Root guitarist Jim Root number four right um on this bottom picture this is Jay Weinberg they're recreating the picture on the top this is Jay Weinberg after he joined Slipknot with his dad Max and Jim Root again in the same location um so pretty crazy man you get a you get a longtime fan who ends up joining the band at some point so
0: I mean, he was over in the moon when
1: he... They, when they, uh, oh, I dude, I, I can't even imagine what that phone I call mean, was I
0: like. Mean, to play, play, to play for your for your favorite band of all time, come on now, you know? That's right. Yeah, so.
1: All right, now we're going to talk about Tortilla Man. Uh, so this is Tortilla Man. Uh, he was... Um, <laughs> all right, Michael Pfaff, also known as the new guy or Tortilla Man, uh, is Slipknot's newest member. He replaced Chris Fien on percussion who left the band uh, in march of 2019 as we mentioned before um he was known for being the keyboard player for sean crayon's other band dirty little rabbits uh, before joining slit knot with the two being introduced to each other by the dj uh sid wilson after longtime percussionist chris fame was fired from the band michael was brought in to replace him the exact detail details of him joining are unknown um as of this recording but um may have something else coming out later uh, but it can be assumed that he joined uh, due to his contacts with Sean and Sid. Uh, like other members, Jay Weinberg and Alex uh, Ventrella, and uh, his identity was kept a secret due to him only being a touring member at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he was nicknamed the tortilla man by fans due to the texture of his mask looking similar to a tortilla. Um, however, fans of the website uh, read that were able to later identify him as Michael Pfaff by the way that he moves on stage, his height, Uh, and due to the fact that he is bald so you can't tell from this mask but yes he's he's bald so undoubtedly internet sleuths have done it again um and uh there you go i like his mask it's really creepy looking but yes it does look like a giant just tortilla wrapped around his face with the eyes cut out i wonder
0: what his mask is going to be on his new record oh and speaking of the new record Corey's t- Corey uh, said that they're I think he's like he said that they're like 80 percent 80, or eighty five percent done with the new record. Yeah. So almost yeah, done. Speculation, and and they're gonna re- re- and, and they're gonna release their new the new song next month.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear that, man. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah. They never disappoint. I pro- I am telling you, I've never been disappointed by no. their music. No,
0: they're, yeah. uh, no, every they're album's good. been great. Right.
1: Um so I'm uh, speculation time. For the the mask predictions, if if Tortilla Man makes a comeback with, with his mask, what do you think? What food item what food item would you put it would you say he would he would go to?
0: What food item?
1: Yeah, oh. what what do you think what food item do you think would make a good mask? Chili okay chili. <laughs> just just, just, chili just a big bowl of chili big giant yeah just like a <laughs>
0: like a yeah
1: with googly eyes <laughs> yeah, right. yeah okay I'm yeah there. yeah 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 you're done good. with it
0: yeah yeah um how about you
1: yeah that's good i i all right you remember the old gushers commercials um where you, you like <laughs> yeah. the kids would eat gushers and their head would turn like a watermelon or a, like thing of <laughs> yeah. like blueberries or yeah. whatever
0: and then blow up yeah that yeah. would be
1: cool i would love to see that uh-huh. yeah Amazing- and I was always disappointed because when I was in gushers, I, I never had those side effects. So. Right. Uh, anyway, so um, James, what did we learn here today in this special episode, um, our special Halloween episode with costume bands? Um, I say what I learned. I think I think getting out there and um, cre- kind of what we alluded to before, when you create music, you can you can be a great musical artist, and if you um you don't necessarily have to have a incredible stage presence and costumes and all that and uh pyrotechnics and whatever but man it is just so great when you take someone who is so musically talented and give them something like a backstory uh, like let's create a whole mythology for our superhero characters that we got or you talk about uh Slipknot and their masks and their um it being kind of like a kind of like a middle finger to the the record company and the music industry of like, we're a product. You know, we literally have numbers like a product. We all dress the same way because that's how you want us to dress. Um, but we need some individuality, but while still retaining our, uh, our secret lives and our, our, our personal identities. So, um, I think, especially for this time of year, uh, I think it's really fun whenever bands dress up like other bands um, for special Halloween uh, shows right, right, right. Um, and uh, we didn't even talk about Ice Nine Kills, but they don't really. I mean, they wear costumes and stuff, but, yeah, but they're um, not really
0: a masked band, you know.
1: But they're not a masked band, but they, you know, they do a great job of bringing in like the the horror movie elements to all their songs and and things like that. But um, yeah, what what about you? what did, What did you What did you take from this episode today?
0: I think. Oh, oh okay. So many many fans are like. You know why are you doing a mask when there are so many other mask fans? You know? I don't think there are so many mask fans. I think that's a unique, unique factor in the yeah. uh, mythical industry. Um, you know, because Mushroomhead, guar, um, uh, Slim Not, you know, yeah. kissing their makeup. Um, I think it's a it's a very good uh marketing system because. It makes you want to go see what 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 it actually looks like, you know. Right. Because you can look look at the picture and like, oh, okay, yeah, that's Corey. But just yeah. but actually seeing him live, it's it's another, it's another factor, you know. It's like, oh my God, there, you know, there he is, you know.
1: It makes the live show so much more fun.
0: It does. It does. Yeah. yeah so yeah. So that's what I got from it. Cool. Yeah. So.
1: Well, awesome. Right. Um. Cool. That was, uh, that was our costumed, uh, bands episode for this Halloween episode, uh, for the month of October, spooky October. Um, but, uh, why don't we do a mental health minute, uh, real quick before we wrap the show up? Um, are you good with that?
0: You got it. Yep. Yes, sir. Um,
1: so, uh, here's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. So think of something in your life that you want to improve and figure out what you can do to take a step in that right direction no matter what it is um what is something for example james what is something about yourself that you wish you could uh that you could be better at
0: better 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 better
1: i'll give you my example okay what you think of that
0: okay
1: um i wish that i was i could improve my ability to be able to use like tools and like, and things like that. We're, we're talking about renovating our, um, our kitchen here pretty soon and maybe doing the floors ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a very handy guy. Uh, I promise you I'm not. And, um, Allie is way better mm-hmm. at that stuff than I am. Um, 100%. And it's just like, yes, knock yourself out because I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not good with, with my hands like that, but that's something I wish I could improve on because, mm-hmm. Um, I want to like, I'm good at painting. I like to paint, uh, like, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to renovate a room, like I'm, I'm like, dude, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll paint all night long. And I have, um, but as far as like using the tools and and things like that, like, I'm not good at that, but I want to improve on that. So maybe when we do this flooring thing, which we talked about it today and I was kind of like, oh man, I'm so not good with this kind of stuff. Right. But, hey, it might turn out, you know, better than I'm anticipating, you know, me doing it on my own. So that's something I would like to improve on.
0: I guess if I had to pick one thing, I would like to be able to play the guitar more. Okay, yeah. Because, um, I, you know, on like, this podcast, I told you that I played when I was, like, teenager. I haven't really picked it back up, so I don't know how good I am anymore. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but there's a guitar... Um shop right, right near me that I need to go check out and how much their, their guitars are, you know. Yeah. Maybe cool. Be become as uh, as a uh, as note as notoriety as you are on the TikTok channel.
2: Dude, um, maybe we anything can... is
0: possible. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Point proven. with that being. Welcome it to Winward cool. Me Music Week, starring
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Blake Mosley. Yeah. <laughs> the face of the company. No. <laughs> we're in Trouble. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so once again, me and Brosly would like to thank you all for listening to this amazing and entertaining episode. Like, this King. is a long one. This is
1: what? a
0: two-hour episode. Two, two, two hours hours, like eight minutes long. Over,
1: we, yeah, we're over the two-hour mark.
0: Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening to to the show today. Uh, be sure to share with your with, Be sure to share the show. That's hard to say. <laughs> with your friends, families, dog, cats, uh, gerbils, hamsters—you name it—share it with yeah. them.
1: Yeah, preferably anybody with thumbs that can give us s- some good reviews right. uh, and five stars. Right. Um, so, and animals are cool. They have—I mean, I get it—but yeah, preferably some people with thumbs. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah,
0: and be sure to rate and review our um, podcast with five stars and leave us a review so we can see how well we are doing or if not. You know, you can tell us that too. Yeah, it's uh, okay to be wrong. The best way to stay up to date with us is by following on our social medias. Living to do, but not, but including Instagram at WinWordsFail Podcast, Facebook at WWFMSPodcast. Podcast, Twitter at uh, WinWordsFailMS. Uh, you can always email us at WinWordsFailPodcast at gmail dot com. We're on YouTube where you can see this lovely episode right here. Uh, youtubecom slash Uh We are on TikTok at word, when words fail music speaks, and uh, and the and of course the 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 website, uh, whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com, and we will leave the link um in our in our notes for the merchandise, and we just showed at the beginning of the show. Think of masks, um, not slip not masks, but you know, I mean masks for you know the COVID stuff. Yeah. We can't um, afford. It, we got a mask. We got church. We got um, uh, baby clothes, and we have uh, computer computer bags. So yeah. check, check it out. Where yeah. can the lovely people find you, Mister Brothly?
1: Well, before the before we get to before we get to me, we've actually got two reviews that we can read too, James, oh. of people that have left us um, some reviews. Because we'll do that. We'll we'll read your reviews right here on the show, whether they're good or they're, or they're bad. All right, all right. um but <laughs> we've got no bad reviews though so that's awesome um so uh we got one here from toy person uh gave us five stars and said great podcast i love what james is doing only what you're doing he hates what i'm doing um and uh <laughs> music has helped me so much emotionally it's lovely to have to, the healing aspect of music highlight great job thank you toy person um i will do better i don't uh,
0: i i i, I, I... <laughs> I, I don't think that's a fight to you so don't you that what
1: you're doing just okay. what you <laughs> okay
0: i got gotcha. you um, and, gotcha.
1: <laughs> and then there's uh yaltieri yaltieri sure um said it's such a great podcast great content easily le- uh, easy to listen to and highly recommended so thank you so much to both of you for your reviews um but yes on my social media you can find me on the instagram and twitter uh at blake underscore mosley m-o-s-e-l-e-y um, I'm also on the YouTube with some drum playthroughs that I'm doing at church right now. Uh YouTube.com slash Mosley with three Y's, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y-Y-Y. Um, and I guess I'm on the TikTok as well. Uh with no follow-up to my um my um my TikTok debut. Uh I, I have no follow-up right now, but 21, maybe one day.
0: twenty one point seven thousand. You need to do something with, uh, it's, it's,
1: I don't I don't know what's yeah, I'll, I'll have to follow that up with something. I'll, I'll eventually get there, but uh, you can follow me on TikTok too, uh, at Blake Brosley. Um, but yeah, sources for this episode come from Wikipedia, loudwire.com, phantom.com, kerrang, and mentalfloss.com. Uh, we, do not any of the mu- any, we do not own any of the music used in this episode, and no copyright infringement is intended. Please don't sue us. Uh, I promise you, we don't have the money to no, pay the lawyer.
0: we, we, we do not. Uh, so that, we don't huh? know the
1: music don't come after us um but anyway so thank you guys again for listening to this uh another special halloween episode for our month of october a little bit longer thank you for sticking with us if you're still at the, at the here with us at the end of the episode um but as always uh when uh just remember that, that when words fail music speaks we'll see you guys later all right
0: thank y'all bye <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh.